everybody. We're excited to be with you this morning. And I'm so excited to be with the people here in the sanctuary. We're just doing that social distance thing. But it, it's like it isn't. there's no distance in the spirit. So wherever you are this morning, we're reaching out. We just pray for you this morning. I know that there's some that are, that are not well and they're sick and um, things are going on. So we just all together right now, we pray for Barbara that I know of, but there's many people that are out there today that may not be feeling up to par. So we pray for you right now because the word of God says that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. We come to the cross and we get salvation and we get divine health at the same time. Come on. It's all about the blood of Jesus. And so we cover you with the blood of Jesus this morning. As my mother used to say, plead the blood of Jesus. And so we plead the blood because that's the power that covers it all. Amen. And so we just bless you. We pray for healing right now in the name of Jesus. And we bind up all those spirits of infirmity that would come to attack and assault your bodies. And we pray for Norm. He's in Cedar today. We pray for strengthening right now in your body, Norman. We, yes. And, and who? Terry. Terry, we're coming at you. Hopefully you're watching us this morning. We bless you. We pray for all the sick. We pray for all the sick. And the ones that we don't maybe not know your name. He knows your name. Yes. And the word of God says... You shall recover. And so let's let it be now, right now. Amen? Amen. Let the, let the Spirit of the Lord pass over you this, this morning as we come. Well, I'm excited today um, just to be in the presence of the Lord, you know, just to be in his presence and gather and assemble together. I'm excited about that. Um, our word today is be a prayer warrior. Now, come on. If you don't know what that means, we're going to talk a little bit about it. You know, the subject and the topic of prayer is, like, endless. I don't think I could ever stop talking about it or giving testimonies about things that happen when we pray. It's amazing. Or stories that I read when people pray. And let alone the Bibles, the, the, the stories that are in the Bible about when people pray and they get into the Word. Um, Sean, are you going to run that slideshow for me? Okay, great. Be a prayer warrior, Luke 21, 36. It is kind of the uh, base scripture of today's word. This is Jesus' scripture. He's speaking in the scripture. He had just talked to the disciples. They were asking him, how's it going to be when you come back? What's going to be going on? He'd been sharing a lot of stories that day. And he was telling them, you know, there's going to be some chaos. Anybody relate in the year 2020? 2020? I just want to say, it's like, for some, it may seem like, you know, it's over 2,000 years uh, since Jesus raised from the dead, and he hasn't returned in the way that we're all expecting in that final, you know, in that return to gather the saints. But... In God's timing, it says one day is like a thousand years to God. So it's really only been a couple days, you know? So I just want you to know there's no delay. There's an appointed time. And if anything, the time has been extended for the, for the sake of the elect so that you might be saved and all humanity 
might be touched and have an opportunity to come to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But I want to read to you what he said. So they're written in red in your Bible. I want to get right to it. Let's get right into this lesson. And this Bible study, we're studying the Word of God. I pray right now that an insatiable hunger comes upon you. A hunger for the Word of God that you just can't go through a day without sneaking some in. Just like that chocolate candy bowl with the dark chocolate. You know, some of you like milk, whatever. I like dark chocolate. Just, you know, you just can't go a whole day without sneaking in. How about those M&Ms? They sneak up on you. But I want to tell you, you know, they've got a letter M. Let the word of God be like an M&M. Majesty. Mysterious. And I'm going to add an A before that. Amazing. That you get a hunger for the Word of God. You've got to read it. Come on. And don't just read it, then you live it. Amen? So eat it, read it, and live it. Okay. Jesus said, keep on the alert at all times. If you're marking up your Bible, which I do, underline all times. Praying in order that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. That's what he said, you know. Pray, be on the alert, get in his word so you can stand. We have got some chaos going on in the, in the earth realm. And uh, the enemy is raging. In case you didn't know, there's a battle going on. The enemy, Satan, wants the hearts of men. They want him, he wants them to worship him. And God's saying, you're not going to get them. Amen? And you're part of the army of God. You are a soldier in God's army. You know, there's certain equipment you need. It's only been two weeks since Pentecost. Fourteen days. For some of you, you think it seems like a lifetime ago. But if we're in the spirit, we know. Like 14 days after the original Pentecost, man, things were happening, hopping, and buzzing. Miracles were happening. People coming to the Lord. Revival in the land. Courage and boldness were coming out of the disciples now apostles, coming in and, and, and believing their callings, accepting the call, accepting what Christ had prophesied over them to do, accepting the commission. They, in, in spite of danger and fear, they, they weren't just fearing COVID for their lives. They were fearing, like, being put to death on the spot, whipped and tortured in the process ridiculed, spit on. Anything they did to Jesus, they would have done to them. And here they are. And how can they do it? Because they're praying in the spirit now. Let's, let's get into the word. Prayer. Okay, I want to say something before we read some of these scriptures. Basically, there's two kind of groups of people that pray. 
two kind of different prayer, prayer groups going on. The first prayer group is um, people that pray. That's the first people pray. They pray. And the second group is prayer warriors. People that are prayer warriors. And they fast and pray. And they travail. And uh, they intercede. And they do a lot of stuff like that. So there's basically two groups. The first group is genuine, and they're talking to God. And um, <clears throat> they know that prayer is important, so they do pray. But they tend to, to um, pray cookie-cutter prayers. And by that, I mean no disrespect, because I've said them myself. I still do. You'll recognize them, just so you can articulate what I'm talking about the first group. Um, Dear God, thank you for this day. Do you know? Um, Dear God, please keep us safe today. Dear God, thank you for this meal. You understand what I mean? They're, they're prayers that we all pray. I'm not saying there's anything wrong but with it, because we all do. But they don't have a lot of depth, right? Um, when I pray those kind of prayers, I don't always feel like the anointing coming on me. Okay? Can I get an amen? I want some response from the people that are here. Let's get. To, let's turn this church into a shouting southern church. I'm, I'm counting on you, my brother, from down south. Let's get some sounds out of this audience today. I mean it. It's time for revival. It's time to revive what's living in us, the Spirit of God. If the Spirit's of God is in you, and you're filled with the Spirit, I want to hear a shout today. I want I want to hear utterance of the Spirit coming through your mouth. You know, it's not to make noise or be heard on the tape, but I'm telling you, when, when I get excited, it's got something's got to come out of me, and I've got to speak an amen, or I've got to say yes, or praise the Lord, or something, because when I'm doing that, I'm magnifying what he's speaking. It doesn't matter that it's me up here. It's anybody in this pulpit that is speaking. We need to affirm the word of God. And when we say yes, our flesh, or when our spirit man is saying yes and amen to that, our flesh and our soul, if they're really not into it, wake up and say, okay, okay, I'm going to submit. I'm, I'm going to yield to the word of God. I'm going to yield to what's going on. So, like I said, there's just not a lot of dump. Now, this is group two. Prayer warriors. They pray like they believe God is going to answer them. Okay? They pray like God is actually listening right then and there, at that moment, at that second, and he's going to respond. Come on. Prayer warriors' prayers may seem very, very ridiculous to the first group or anybody else listening. But let me just tell you how ridiculous it is. You probably haven't been as ridiculous as Jesus was, and he was the first and greatest prayer warrior of all. What about the day that he moseyed on over after Lazarus died? He'd been dead. He was in the cave. The stone was in front of it. People were upset he hadn't been there, and he comes in and he goes, roll back the stone. 
this prayer was three words long. But this is, this is the powerful prayer of a prayer warrior. They were mocking him, his Lazarus sisters. I mean, he's, he's, it's going to smell bad. It's going to be gross. Don't, you know, that will, oh, that's sad. You know, don't want my brother, you know. You know. And Jesus says, roll the stone. And then he stood there and he prayed three words. Lazarus, come forth. But he said many times when he was praying, he would say, I'm just saying this because I know you're going to do this, God, but I'm saying it for their benefit so they can hear what I'm, I'm about to do. Right? For their benefit. So do, it, do some benefit. If you're a prayer warrior and you're speaking a prayer that sounds pretty ridiculous to some, just give God the glory and say, I know you're hearing my prayer. I know you're, you hear my prayer. What am I about to say? Let them know God is listening and God will answer. He will answer every time. Some of you go, but I've asked this that he hasn't answered. Yes, yes, I'll, I'll explain that later. He answers one of three ways. But you'll get an answer every time. So, I want us to go uh, to slide two, and I'm going to open up my Bible to Ephesians. I'm going to go to Ephesians 6. We, we went over this book a few weeks ago when we were talking about our mouths and taking control of our thoughts and cleansing our mouth and what we speak. We talked about preparation for these days, and this this decade and the beginning of the year of the mouth, we talked about the sword of the spirit. And I want to read to you Ephesians 6. I'm going to read from 10 through 18 and end with verse 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, pausing here. It's not against that person sitting next to you or the person you avoid in the grocery store. Come on. It's not against flesh and blood. But it's against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. understands this. They do everything in their power not to get emotionally involved in the situation. They have one focus. It's on the word of God and what God is speaking. The spirit of God is speaking about the situation at the moment. And they know it isn't about this person. They're not like the disciples way back in some of the stories of Jesus when they came up to somebody that needed to be healed and was crippled and had issues. And they went to Jesus and they said, so what's the cause of this, Jesus, the mother or the father or something that they did, some big sin? They didn't get in the flesh. Prayer warriors don't get in the flesh. They get in the spirit of God. They get into the spirit. They pray until the anointing comes, and they ask God, what is going on here? 
you know, when the disciples asked Jesus, he said, neither one. This, is, this, this issue is here for the glory of God. My father is about to heal this man. See, if we get in the flesh in our thinking about something somebody has told us or traditions of men, blah, 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 we can get off track. That wouldn't have been an impossible question because the word of God says that the sins of the fathers are passed on to generation to generation. It could have been the situation, but had they been getting into the spirit realm and tuning in, that's the first thing they went through. So stay away from the flesh, get in the spirit, and get the word of God on what you're supposed to pay, pray about in every situation. Not what you think is good. Not your solution, God's will, and what God's saying. Okay. Back to the good book. Amen. Good, but I, I need an amen. I'm talking about your Bible. The good book is an amen. Okay, I'm going to provoke you guys today. Uh, yesterday, I was visiting with someone who said uh, they might not be coming to church today because sometimes they fall asleep. Well, they don't sleep well at night, and I thought, um, well, I just said, hey, then at least you get in the presence of God and you get some sleep. Um, uh, but anyway, I said, and I'm preaching tomorrow, and there ain't nobody going to go to sleep on me tomorrow. So i got to keep good my word. I'm going I'm to come out there, okay? Um, anyway, I don't usually use ain't, but I don't know. It just flowed out. I guess the Holy Spirit's going to resonate with somebody. Um, so it's about spiritual wickedness and darkness. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. And then he repeats it again. Stand firm. Therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You're walking in peace. A prayer warrior isn't, isn't agitated by the incredible, intense issues of the moment. They're tuning in to the spirit. Okay, Lord, if you tell me to tell them that story, I will, but I'm just finishing the scriptures. Okay. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Key verse up on the screen. With all prayer and petition. Let me read this version. This is, uh, this is the I think, the New Living Translation. Pray at all times in the Spirit. I want everybody to say that with me. Pray at all times in the Spirit. That means all times, capital letters, exclamation, double bold print. Pray in the spirit at all times with all your prayers. Be alert and watch with purpose and per perseverance, interceding on behalf of all the saints. The Holy Spirit just brought this to remembrance and he's not giving up. When, when, when you're in a situation, urgent, Many years ago, Lonnie and I were with our three children, Jed yet, they were very young and so were we, and we were traveling back, actually it was from after we had been here and decided to, um, that we were moving, 
this goes back a long time. And we were on our way back to California to deal with this. And we were going through Colorado on a vicious stretch of nobody on the highway, you know, for about 100 plus miles to the next exit. Now today they have exits, you know, every 30 miles or something. But in that day, there was none. It was pretty desolate. We were headed down into New Mexico that night. We were going to spend the night in Albuquerque. So we were cruising along, and all of a sudden, I'm in the front of that van, and I see a car coming down the middle grass area between the, t you know, the north and the southbound interstate, only it's going, it's not rolling side to side, it's rolling end over end. And it's going, and it's just like, and I'm like, and it's coming to our side. So it was the other, it was the northbound, we were going south, and it was coming. And I said, I started praying in the spirit. I thought that by the time we come, it's slowing down, and this is happening so instantly, so fast. And I started praying in the spirit. In my mind, I was thinking, whoever is in that car, I don't know. I had kids in mind. Those were the days you didn't have to have a seatbelt over every extremity. Okay? And we didn't. And um, my kids were in the back, and I was just like, Jesus. So the car started to slow, and it came to rest, and it rested upside down. There was a trucker behind us. This was not in the days of cell phones. So there were no phones around. This, this isn't like today. You can't depend on that. Even if we were there, there's probably no signal. <laughs> but this trucker had a CB radio. And he pulled over, and Lonnie was afraid we were going to hit him because he locked up his air brakes. And we, the two of us were the first on the scene. So I told the kids not to get out of the van at any for any reason, and I put the fear of God in them, and we walked across the interstate. I saw a body out there. It was a man. I, we went and checked the, Lonnie and I ran. We checked the body, checked the car to see if there was anybody else that we could see within our eyes that had also flown out of the car. Every window, of course, was collapsed and blown out, and this man was there, and it was a cowboy. And he smelled like liquor, but I could see he'd probably gotten off his job. He probably had a beer can in between his legs as he's driving when he probably went to sleep because he wasn't like passed out from liquor, but I smelled the beer because it had covered him, you know, and I could see where it had mostly spilled. He was unconscious. We prayed for him. He came too. I saw, I went and got his cowboy hat, and his head was so far back that he was really having a hard time breathing. So I crushed it and slightly lifted it under his neck so he could talk because he was like this and breathe a little better. But his ribs were broken. He was in shock, in excruciating pain, and when I reached my hand under his head. I felt 
brain matter. I knew we had one chance here, and I didn't know if this man knew Jesus. But I knew we are 100 miles, <laughs> you know, we just started it either way. I don't know where the nearest hospital was. And I asked him. He said, the first thing he said to me, tried to whisper, because he could barely get it out, is, is anybody else hurt? I said, no. No, just you. I said, do you know? I said, I am a minister of God. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Because I don't know which way this is going. That's what I told him. And neither do you. But now's the time. I will pray with you. I will pray the prayer. You just agree with me in your mind. Because there was no way he could have prayed. He just couldn't have done it. He agreed. As I'm finishing up that prayer, others are stopping on the highway. There was somebody that had some kind of medical whatever. And they started in with all their stuff, you know, and their expertise. But I want to tell you, we prayed in the spirit from the car till we got to that man. In the spirit preparing for whatever we had to see. And yes, the truck driver got the man, uh, you know, got a police station. They never sent an ambulance. Lonnie and I, there was lots of people there then. I wanted to wash my hands before my kids saw that when I got in. So Lonnie went back and got some water. That's all I had. I had some water in the car. We always kept a gallon of water. And I washed my hands and we got back in. And what we saw, and the Lord told me he was taking him home. He wasn't going to last. And he was taking him home. And he'd received his prayer. If I wasn't tuning into the spirit, I would have freaked out. Totally. I wouldn't have known what to say. I wouldn't have had courage to say it, even when the other people came around. The crowd had gathered. There was nothing else to be done. We did the most important thing right there. I assured him he hadn't hurt anyone. You know? And you're welcome to come in, by the way, if you want to. There's a chair right there. You can come in if you want. Welcome. Just, you know, right there. So, um, that's what happened that day. That's what I mean by praying in the Spirit at all times. And we've been worshiping earlier and doing things like that because that's what you do to keep the altar of incense going in your heart. So there's an altar of God always in your heart whenever that's going on. So God just wanted me to tell you that story. Okay, I've got another story to tell you, but um, anyway, that's that one. I gotta pick up these pages of my Bible. I want us to go to Acts two. Go to Acts chapter two, 
Because I just want to remind you, it's only been two weeks since Pentecost. Flames of fire coming out. The Holy Spirit. We're on a roll. Now, you may not remember it, but two weeks ago, two weeks ago on Pentecost, Norm was attacked in his body. Two weeks ago. On the day of Pentecost. In the hospital. In critical condition. In the ICU. Many weren't thinking he was coming out of that at all. But we started to pray on Pentecost. So keep that in your mind. Okay, Acts chapter 2. I'm just going to read quickly a few scriptures here. Um, So to remind you where I'm going with this. So this was the day of Pentecost. They were gathered in the upper room. The wind started blowing. It was amazing. And the rushing, they called it a rushing wind. So just imagine a strong wind, you know, blowing the curtains out, everything else going on. And suddenly there were tongues of fire, like, you know, I don't know. That's how they describe it, tongues of fire, like coming out of a fire. And they started resting on each person that was in there. And there was about 120 people there when all this happened. So there were lots of witnesses. And historians have made and taken and written this down for us in addition to the eyewitnesses, and that's what we have here in this, in this book, in Acts 2. Eyewitnesses that were there that wrote and told us what happened. And in verse 3, and there appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now, what happened? They started speaking in other tongues. That meant they started speaking in other languages. Now, the Bible tells us that there's tongues and languages of men. We all know that. We know that different cultures have different languages. And we also know that the Bible tells us there are tongues of angels, languages that angels speak that aren't English. Okay? So Paul talked about that. We're not into that study today, but today it was by the Holy Spirit. And so there was a whole bunch of people in town because they were there celebrating Pentecost, thousands of people. And so when the disciples, they heard them speaking in their languages and they were praising God and they were talking about all the gloriful things that God had done. And these strangers heard this going on in the building and they're coming out. And it's an amazing little spot in Israel where this all happened. And we had such a a divine privilege to go and see and be right in this part of the village. And they come out of the building, and these guys are going, how is it that these guys are speaking our language? I mean, some of us are Cretans. You know, we're from Crete. We're from all over the world here. And they're speaking about God in our own language. I mean, our own dialect, everything. I can understand what they're saying. And then some were saying, this is perplexing. This is weird. This is, like, strange. Like, how can this be? And then some people said, well, they are probably been drinking. They're probably drunk. Well, I don't know about you. I, I don't get drunk, but um, if I have a glass of wine, I don't start speaking in another language, okay? All right? Okay. So uh, that doesn't happen to me at, like, a wedding or something. All right? <laughs> at the wedding toast. You know, that doesn't happen. So, so Peter comes down, and he's like, no, hey, it's only 9 a.m. We're not drinking. This is the Holy Spirit. The fire of the Holy Spirit just came on us. This is a gift. This is a gift of tongues, of languages. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna preach to you. So he starts preaching, and all this stuff goes on, and and you know, I mean, just in a little bit of time, and they just went from being terrified to come out because they knew Jesus, and they were afraid they were gonna get killed and be crucified like he was, but they had this boldness come on them. We talked about that. They became prayer warriors. They became prayer warrior preachers that day. It was amazing. It was amazing. 3,000 people gave their hearts to Christ that day. 3,000 people lead because of the miracle that they had just seen. So it was really amazing. So I told you two weeks ago that John the Baptist says, yeah, I baptize people with water, but there's one coming that is going to baptize you with fire. Can I get an amen? <laughs> with fire. And this is the fire they were talking about. It was the fire of the baptism of Jesus, the fire of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit had come, and he came into them and started living in them. And they were emboldened, and they were made powerful. Two weeks, we started praying for Norm that, that Sunday. Let me tell you, to, that was like standing in front of Lazarus's grave. Because that's where the enemy wanted to send him. That's where everybody thought it would go. We had to, we, I had to pray against culture. I had to pray against doctors' ideas, declarations, prognosis. You know, I had to go against all of that because I had to get in the spirit and I had to see what God had to say. We're all going to die at some point, unless Jesus comes back before that and gathers us and we get changed in a twinkling of an eye. But we're all going to die. So sometimes, God, it's time. He's taking you. But as far as I'm concerned, there's no glorying and dying from illness. I, I don't believe in that. God can take us. We don't have to die from some plague or some illness. To me, I, to me, I just tell him, that's... You're not getting glory for this. You know, this is your name at stake here. I'm using your name. I'm praying in Jesus' name. I'm, I'm praying in God and what I know about God. I have real discussions with God when I pray because prayer is just talking to God. Just talk. It's not a special written prayer that you found on the Internet. It's just telling him how you feel. And you can feel the Holy Spirit come and comfort you and touch your heart. So here all this is going on. I wanted to be a prayer warrior when I was young. I read this. And I wanted to be a prayer warrior. I wanted to take God as his word. I wanted to believe that in the power of prayer. I wanted to have faith to move mountains, just like the word says. I mean, Jesus is a prayer warrior. It says he ever maketh intercession on our behalf. He makes intercession for us 24-7. He's praying for you right now in heaven. He's praying. He knows how to do it. He prays in the spirit. There's no distance in the spirit. Amen? So, I want to tell you a quick story. This is one I planned on. Can you handle another story? I'm going to tell this quick. It's a very long story. I'm really shorten it up. Years ago, 
I knew how to pray. I mean, I'd been in some pretty heavy spirit Holy Ghost prayer meetings. I prayed some of those first group prayers. Thank you, God, for this food. We really appreciate it. Amen. You know, I, I, I'd participated in some of that, but I'd been in some long prayer meetings. But I wanted something that was more than that. We went to a camp in Canby, Oregon. It was the Feast of Tabernacles this year. And we were going, it was a huge resort, uh, Christian resort center. Well, it wasn't a resort. It was a camp. So there were cabins and, you know, it was rustic. Um, there were very few cabins that had their own private bathrooms. And we all had to go to the community one. We didn't care because it had a huge meeting house on it, a chapel church and it could hold at least 500 people and that was there were about 500 people there this particular year and it was about the third night and we'd had a good service we noticed some strangers that had come in there were three people um for the past couple of nights so not the first night but the second night and the third night we'd noticed they'd come in the service they were wearing white they weren't together we thought that was odd uh, there was like one here, one here, and like one in the middle, you know. And so, um, but we'd had some really good services and lots of stuff going on in those meetings. We go back, we get to our cabin, we cuddle in, we're tired, it's been a full day, we fall asleep. 1.30 in the morning, I, about 1.30 in the morning, I had a dream. I was in bed, I mean, I was dreaming that I was in this house in the second story and I was looking out a window at dark clouds and dark evil presence coming. And I was looking out this window and it was one of those half moon windows with several panes of glass in it, okay? Uh, for those who can't see this, that's what it looked like. So I'm looking out and I'm just feeling this foreboding and I start getting terrified and I'm like, Something evil is happening. What is going on? And as I started to go and warn the others, something wrapped around it, my leg, like a cord, like tight. I couldn't move. I couldn't, I couldn't move. And then all of a sudden, the window that had the, mini, the half moon window with many panes in it turned into a pentagram, a crystal pentagram. Okay? You getting the picture? And this pentagram, and I'm like, and everything else is going into this dark, ominous, wicked darkness, the spiritual forces we just read about. And I'm like, what is going on? So now in the dream, I'm still in the dream, and this pentagram is moving towards me. And I'm like, if it touches me, it's going to kill me. That's what I knew in, the, in this dream. But now I'm also kind of awake. So as, as I'm waking up out of this dream, my mind is getting closer and closer. And in my mind, I try to speak. I can't speak. So in my mind, I say, Jesus. As that happens, in reality, I'm now in my bed. I'm fully awake. My eyes, my physical eyes are open, but I don't see the room. I still see the pentagram, and it's moving towards me. I can't touch Lonnie. The cord is around my legs. This is really happening. So I don't want to scare you guys, but this is reality. This happened. This happened. And then all of a sudden, 
I, I tried to exercise my voice again, and as I did, out came this, I'm praying in the spirit in my mind, and all of a sudden my mouth opens, and out comes a language of a tongue that I've never prayed in before in my entire life. It sounded like a, a tribal warrior cry of proportions that would be like special effects blast. That's how it came out. And it was so strong that Lonnie was asleep next to me, and it literally blew him out of the bed. He got out of the bed, he hit the floor, he was on, he was kneeling, and he started praying immediately. And after that blast, what I could see, because I couldn't see him, I could hear him hitting the floor. But after that happened, the pentagram literally exploded before it could touch me, okay? Into shards, zillions of shards. It totally exploded. And um, the cord dropped around my legs. We prayed, we prayed then. I prayed in my regular thing. That didn't come back. But then we were quiet. And so now it's about 1.30. And our hearts are stopping, and I tell Lonnie the dream and everything, and then we just listen, and we start hearing something outside. And it's actually, that's when we began to hear the chanting. We began to hear the chanting. I'm like, what is that noise? It sounds like some kind of weird chanting. And then we could hear it. We went outside our cabin. We could hear it in any direction. This was a huge Christian retreat center. And what we realized by the spirit was these were witches and warlocks that had surrounded the camp. And they meant business because in two days it was their high holy day that they have where they worship Lucifer. So we go back in the room and we're like, does anybody else in this camp hear this? You know, the cabins weren't like directly next to each other either. So we went in and we prayed, like, what should we do? About that time, somebody knocked on our door and they said, you guys, um, Royal wants to put you in charge, Kathy, of the prayer and intercession. They think he's having a heart attack. The ambulance is coming and they're going to take him into Portland Hospital. Portland, Oregon. Okay, what we found out later, so I'm going to leave you there, but I really want emphasis on the prayer warrior voice that came out of me because the Holy Spirit and Jesus live inside of me. Okay? I want you to know that I've sp spoken in many languages, including languages of other nations and Arabic and other places Lonnie and I have gone, that we, don't, we have not learned the, the language, but where we have been ministering on missionary trips and they have set, come up and said, oh, we didn't know that you spoke our language. And we go, um, we, we really don't. Like, what do you mean? And they go, oh, well, we heard you singing in our language. And I was singing in the spirit, I thought, but it was in their language. And they understood what I was singing. So I want to tell you that these kind of miracles that we read about in this New Testament today still happen today. They're going to happen. They happened yesterday. They're happening today. 
and they're going to happen tomorrow. Can I get an amen? Because the Holy Spirit is alive and well in people. And that's how he moves. And that's how we see him. So I want to tell you, by the end of that camp, I'm going to suffice it to say this. It was unreal. I was way over my head in leading this whole group of people in worship and intercession and all this stuff. I was, like, way over my head. Like, why did you pick me? I'm not the person for this. But did I learn? Did the Holy Spirit have something for me to learn? There was deliverance that went on. We ministered to sorcerers, uh, sorceresses, warlocks, witches. There was deliverance that went over the rest of that feast, sessions of deliverance. These people got saved. You know why? They told us so much. They gave us so much information. They got saved because they were there to cause death. And that's what they came out to do, to get more power. And they couldn't break the power of God in that meeting. And they could not do what they wanted to do because of the prayers and the intercession and the prayer warriors that were on their knees and praying. And these people came and said, there's only one chance. We can't get out of this without dying. But this, this is our only chance, is to give it up and to receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. And they did. It was amazing. I should just write a book about the whole experience because it was so big and it was so amazing. And write the testimony so that you could hear it. I just would be there and I'd be like, I can't believe, you know, I would be like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, like, as some people say, you know, I believe in science. You know, <laughs> no, I mean, it was just amazing. So I wanted to tell you that happened, but that sound of the prayer word, the sound of the commander-in-chief of the army of God, which is Jesus, on, on his horse. Come on. He lives in you. And when you need something, and you need that kind of power, that voice can come out. I've never been able to reduplicate it. I can't do it again. But I will know if I ever hear that language, that tongue, again. Now... Okay, so I've gotten there. Let's see where we are in this story. We're almost there. So here comes Norm, the, Norm, the story of Norm. I had to use some of these prayer techniques that I learned years ago when we were interceding for Norm. Every second, every day, I couldn't put energy into anything else. I could work, I could do some things, but I had to. I couldn't put my makeup on because I was in travail. I was crying out. I was, I was talking to God. I was saying, I, 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 I know, you know I'm praying for your will be done and not my will be done, but I, I want you to listen to me, please. I, I want you to hear what I have to say. I can't, I can't handle you taking this man from my life right now. You know how much I love this man and his family. I cannot, I, I'm handling more than I can handle right now, and you promised me you wouldn't give me more than I can handle, but this will absolutely be it. Please, God, he's got more to do. He's got more things to say in this church. He's valuable to you. He cannot die from illness. I just can't let that go. This is your reputation, God. This is your reputation. He cannot die from this. If you're going to take him, then 
then, and you insist, then make him well first. And just take him. But not now. Please. I'm praying my selfish prayer. That's what I tell him. Sometimes I pray selfishly. I know it's selfish. I tell him that. He knows that I've already, you know, his will stands. But are you getting it? Because when you pray as a prayer warrior, you get real with God. You tell him everything. And he talks back to you. And he tells you what to do. So there's focus points. There's some focus points I want you. Do you want to be a prayer warrior? Okay. Well, one of the first things you have to understand is prayer is just talking to the God of the universe, the, the creator. There's a war going on. You need to understand this. There's a war going on, and you're in it. You may not like it. Nobody, nobody asked you if you like it. It just is. And you need to understand it. And you need to be active and not passive. And you need to know that the Holy Spirit is working through you. And he's the most powerful thing in the universe. He's working through you. This human body. Who, what a mystery. Greater than evil working against you. The scripture is that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you will condemn. For this is the heritage of the saints. This is your heritage. This is your inheritance. That kind of power. When you speak that. See, I can pray that. I can pray it in power. Because I've read the Bible. And I know these scriptures. And you've heard them. And usually prayer warriors use them. We use it a lot. Sometimes people think, is that the only scripture they know? No. But they know how powerful it is. And they know how the enemy runs when you use it and you believe it. And you expect that to happen. The devil is like, get, get out of here. Listen, prayer warriors. I want you to understand to listen to the Holy Spirit for guidance on how to pray. I kind of shared that before. And the one thing I want you to understand is you've got to come on. You've got to understand. You've got to go to the throne of God with courage and boldness. And the Bible tells us we can do that because of the blood of Jesus. You know, if you're not saved, then I, I'm saying, hey, you know, go, you know, tip to and just get this, get the salvation part over with, and you can go right into the throne of salvation. Right in. The second thing I want you to remember, this is this is just quick, a few points. Memorize scripture and use it, in, use the word in your prayers, like I just said. You got to know that Jesus is the commander of the army and you're in it. You got to recognize who your enemy is. Again, we talked earlier, it's not flesh and blood. The enemy is Satan, Lucifer himself. Be certain of your authority when you're praying. You have to already know that. Get that settled with God. Talk to him about this. The word of God says that Jesus gave us all authority and power over the enemy. That means all of it can't go in there and doubt that. you, you got to deal with that. Get that dealt with. Jesus gave you all authority to pray in his name over all power of the enemy. Be faithful in praying for people in situations. Did you hear that? Be faithful! 
When I need prayer and I know it's urgent, there's a, hand, a couple of handfuls of people that I go to that I know are going to roll out of bed, they're going to stop what they were doing for the day, and they're going to get on this because it's life and death. Because they know someday it could be their life and death, their life that's at stake. No, please God heal Joe. Amen. So they can call you back and tell you that they did pray. No, these are people that are going to pay the price. They're going to get in. They're going to find out what God is saying. They're going to find out what's going on in the spirit. They're going to find out. They're going to pray. They're going to cry. They're not going to let go. They're not going to stop. Amen? Prayer warriors are not people who say they'll pray and shoot up a quick prayer. Prayer warriors go into the trenches of battle, and they fight in prayer. They fight for others and for themselves. Slide three. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18. God tells us to pray without ceasing. Prayer warriors pray without ceasing. The apostolic father that was part of the foundation of this church right here, the last words he said to me um, in a meeting, the last time I saw him in a meeting, he leaned over to me while the service was going on, somebody was preaching, and he says, okay, hey, I just, I just want to tell you, you've got to teach the people to pray without ceasing. That was the first. I mean, that was his last commandment to me. <laughs> Keep on praying no matter what happens. Always be thankful for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. First Thessalonians 5, 17. If you don't know what the will of the Lord is, you just found out today. If you're like, I don't know what his will is for me. I don't know what I should be doing. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Right there. Praying without ceasing. It's the most powerful thing you can do. The world is going crazy right now. We've, we've, we've seen the news. We, we know. And then the COVID and everything else. I mean, can anybody believe it? Some of you are afraid to even speak. Some of you are afraid to breathe for fear of being called a racist. I mean, it is insane insane. None of it is logical, even. Getting rid of the police. I mean, none of it. Because God is a God of law and order. He is a God of divine order. It's just that the world has to catch up with his laws and his ways. And we will bring peace to the earth. And the love for one another. Some people tell me that God is colorblind. I have, um, I've had a black man living in my house. I, I point that out only because I want you to get into what's being told in the news. He lives, he's been in my house, uh, he's a rumor there. He's been there over three years. He's about six foot five, six foot seven. He's kind of shy. We have a good time. We talk. I asked him the other day, do you think I'm a racist? Because if you stand us together, buddy, I'm about as white as it gets, and we know you're, you know. And 
do you, but do you feel I'm a racist? Because I want to know. You know? And we had a really good discussion on what's going on. But people are afraid to say what's really on their mind. Just to even talk or have a conversation that they might get labeled. Prayer is the answer. God is the answer. Pardon? God isn't colorblind. Oh, I'm sorry. I got sidetracked. God isn't colorblind. That's what I told him. I said, Carlton, some people say God is colorblind and he doesn't see black or white. But that isn't true. Those are lies. You want to be told lies to make you so it sounds, you know, oh, God is. No, he invented color. He created color. He created diversity. He created the cultures. He, he created blondes. He created brunettes. He, 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 he created skin color. In his image, every, every person is part of who God is. It says, I made them in my image. So why would I ever hate that? I love diversity because I grew up in L.A. and I lived in a diverse culture. And that's not to say there was no racism, because there was. Because I'm old as the hills, twice as dusty, and I was around for part of the civil rights movement. All right, just now confess. But I'm telling you, I always hated it. Because God hates that. He doesn't want that. He's constantly saying, love one another. Help one another. Care for one another. That is his heart. Lay your life down for somebody else besides yourself. That's his heart. And I like diversity. That was the one thing I didn't like moving here. There wasn't enough color. And when people of color come in here, I get so excited. Do you understand? I get excited. I feel more complete. I feel more whole. That's how it makes me feel. But you know, people might not believe that because I'm white. But that's my heart. And the Word of God says it isn't about your culture. It isn't about Jew nor Greek, your color of your skin, nothing. It's about your heart. It's about your heart. It's about who you are inside, the diversity. He loves it. He's not boring. Memorize that scriptural, scripture. Be faithful for praying for people in all the situations. Thessalonians, okay. Four, believe God will answer your prayer. This is really important. When you're praying, you've got to believe that he's going to answer. And I told you earlier, he answers three ways, and he answers every time. He will. Some pray. The problem is some people pray, and deep down they doubt. You've got to stomp that out. You just got to take a leap of faith. Fight the good. Fight. The first thing is fight the good fight of faith. You got to have faith in God's word. You got to believe God's word. You got to believe that it's true. You, you got to know it. It's God. It's real. It's not non-reality. And then you've got to pray, and you've got to believe what you're praying. Moses, God got angry. He was going to wipe out the people. They were just. He was like. Like, why did I even make mankind? I was just going to wipe them out. 
I've done all this and look at them, they're just a sniveling bunch of whiners and complainers and, and I've had it with them and they're, now they're back at idol worship and they're doing all this. And, and Moses said, wait, 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 your reputation's at stake here. What's going to happen? You took these, this multitude of people outside of Egypt. You've done all these great things. That, you know, it's, the, the, the stories have gone far and wide. What are people going to say? That you couldn't deal with them out here? You see, Moses was talking with God. What was Moses doing? He was praying in the Spirit with God. He was intervening. He was negotiating with God. Call it what you will. I don't, I don't negotiate with him like, oh, if you'll do this for me, I'll do this for you. I mean, that doesn't work, just so you know. Oh, God, if you just do this one thing, I will serve you for the rest of my life and all my days. How many people have prayed a prayer like that? And Okay. So, you know, it is a way of communication. It just kind of shows you your level of maturity. Do you understand? Because we all know at some point that my negotiations, he's going to have his way because he's God. Right? <laughs> I've got somebody really going over here that's excited about this. But I want to tell you, he'll answer every time. Some pray. So believe he will answer. And every time he will sometimes say yes. There is other times he will say, wait. And there's sometimes he's just flat too well, no. Those are the three answers you're going to get. Yeah. Come on. Three answers. She's itching to tell me something. There you go. There you go. There you go. I'm talking to God. I'm talking to myself. I, as people think I talk to myself a lot, but sometimes I'm just talking. I'm working. I'm working at the CC. I'm like, yep, okay, well, now we're here. Okay, I can do this. I'm talking to God. <sighs> I'm having a puppy. I can do this. Kathy, you can do this. I'm, I'm talking with a running conversation because I'm in a situation where I ain't got nothing left. There's nothing left, and he gives me strength. Why? Because I go, through Christ, I can do all things. Who strengthens me? Whatever I have to do. Whatever I have to do. Praying and knowing God hears is listening. He's listening to you, and he cares. Slide four. Prayer warriors make prayer a priority. I want you to look at that. Sometimes all it takes is just one prayer to change everything. Moses was alone when he talked to God about not wiping him out. It was one prayer discussion between him and God. Come on. It can be that quick and that simple. One prayer can change everything. Prayer warriors spend time in training. They put on their spiritual armor we, we read about early. They guard their hearts and their thoughts and, the, and their minds. And they guard their mouth. 
if they utter something they shouldn't have said, they uh, repent quickly. They get that done with. They read the word and they practice what they read. They practice its truth. And they invite God's presence into their lives through prayer and worship and praise. Outside of church, not once a week, every day. And they follow God's commands to resist the enemy and submitting their life to God. They're content. They're thankful. They refuse fear. And they're praying for miracles always. And they overcome every obstacle and one of the major things that they do. They never give up. They never stop. They never quit. They overcome. They have an overcomer mentality. I will overcome. I will overcome. It sounds something like Martin Luther King said, we will overcome. He was an overcomer. He understood. He was a prayer warrior. The fifth slide. Thank you. Thank you for doing that for me, Sean, especially since I came up with that idea so late. I appreciate it. See that? Prayer warriors need it. God needs you. Not just on bad cases like with Norm. All the time. If you stay in touch with God, there'll be people that might not even be telling you they need prayer. When Paul was asking them, in, in Ephesians 6, and he was telling them, put on the armor and pray, and pray always without ceasing, and constantly. And then he said, and pray for me. Your leaders need your prayer. They need it every day. Every day. Every day. And night. We all need prayer. Is there anybody in this room that does not need prayer? Please raise your hand. Hmm, there are none. We can use prayer. I want you to know we're praying for you. We're believing for you. Contending for you to break through. And to come into this new glory of God in the Holy Spirit. How many of you want to be baptized with fire? How many of you want the gift of speaking in other languages? Not everybody does. It is a gift. Some say it no longer is, and we're not going to get into that today. But I'm telling you, it's powerful. And it happens today. Do you all want to learn about it? Do you all want to get baptized? Do you want your gift already expanded? Because I just shared with you a story that there's more. I've only experienced it once in my life. But there's more. And I know if there's that, there's more things I haven't experienced yet. I want more of him. We sang the song, new wine, new wine, new wine. It comes through the crushing, it comes through the pressing. Take the grapes and press them and crush them, and then there's new wine. I want that in my life. I want to be a flexible wineskin. Let's stand. I'm closing right now. I, uh, for those, any of you want prayer? If you really do want that, I will teach on that next week, and we will do it. Do you want that? If you do, we'll go for it next week and follow through. You let me know.
those of you on the, on the uh, Facebook, let us know if you want teaching on that, if you want to be part of that next week. We'll make it longer so you can see what happens. So be in prayer. If that's what you want, I want you to read the book of Acts this week. I want you to read all the chapters in the book of Acts. If you want that, I want you to understand what this is about and what happened when this power came. Because I believe there was a power that came two weeks ago in the midst of this house and across the world for whosoever will that wants it. Do you want to know God? You can have that relationship. Who wouldn't want to know the living God? Amazing. And the Holy Spirit and Jesus in your life. I mean, it's amazing. So I pray for everyone. We thank you, Father, for your word and the power of your word. In Jesus' name, may your spirit go out and touch each heart today. And may they have an insatiable hunger to read your word and a desire to begin to talk with you and become prayer warriors, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. You're amazing. And we give you our love in Jesus' name. So we say goodbye for today. We'll see you next week on uh, Facebook. And maybe some of you all see sooner. We're going to continue our service now. Let me know when we're done. Are we done? Amen. Okay. So.